1: Hello and welcome to a Wednesday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM, Channel 159. It's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Sports Grid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. A huge day in Major League Baseball. The postseason continuing yesterday. The finale of a division series in the beginning of a championship series. The American League Division Series. A winner take all game number five. Yesterday afternoon in the Bronx in the opening game of the National League Championship Series in Southern California in San Diego between the Padres and the Phillies. We begin with that winner take all game number five in the Yankees power past the Guardians to win the series three games to two and advance back to the ALCS five to one the final yesterday up in the Bronx and on full display yesterday the power of the pinstripes and why you pay your superstars in the sport of baseball first in the home half of the first inning Giancarlo Stanton a three-run blast to put the Yankees up early 3 nothing. and then in the bottom of the second Aaron Judge follows suit a solo shot to make it 4 nothing. Nestor Cortez was huge yesterday on the bump for Aaron Boone and the Yanks. Five innings of work, only allowing one earned run. He did go under his K prop of three and a half, but that was all the Yankees needed for a 5-1 victory. It was very interesting to see what the managerial decisions would be for yesterday in terms of mixing and matching their starting pitchers and all they had at a part of their rotation. So Nestor Cortez was not expected to get the start, not slated for it, When this game number five was originally scheduled for Monday evening. But because of the delay to yesterday afternoon, he comes in there and gets the start and pitches very, very well. Terry Francona stuck with Aaron Savali, who only was able to get through a third of an inning in the home half of the first before giving up that three run blast to Giancarlo Stanton. So, yes, he stayed under his K prop of three and a half as well. We did not see Shane Bieber yesterday for the guardians i'm not sure it would have mattered because the yankees jumped up early for nothing by the time we were done with just two innings and again that is why you pay your superstars and you could see it in the prop market yesterday aaron judge to record a base hit it was minus 195 for him to hit another long ball as he has done so many times this season it was plus 255 and aaron judge cashes in on that plus money jose ramirez ends his postseason for cleveland batting 400 he had the lone rbi for the guardians yesterday and he did record a hit but it comes in a losing effort so aaron judge and the yankees on to houston today the opening game of the alcs down there in texas and the astros a minus 180 series outright favorite we'll look at the game one odds we'll look at the series odds and everything you can expect in the american league championship series coming up in just a couple of minutes when joe ranieri joins the show it is the third time in the last six seasons the yankees and the astros has have faced off in the alcs houston taking the first of those two meetings so we'll get to what we have for the opening game in houston in just a little bit it was was the opening game yesterday in the national league championship series in san diego that weird phenomenon in major league baseball where we had a division series happening on the same exact day as a championship series and we welcome you here to the morning after Our, our sports grid radio audience now in full effect live right here all across the grid Sirius XM channel 159 all of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well I am Ben Stevens Major League Baseball continues on the championship series are now set across the league the ALCS will feature the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees as we expected for most of this MLB campaign it was unexpected the matchup for the NLCS the San Diego Padres Hosting the Philadelphia Phillies, where are the Dodgers? Where are the reigning World Series champs in the Braves? They're not there, but we still got some great theatrics last night in San Diego. The opening game of the NLCS, and the Phils go on the road and steal game number one. Two to nothing, the final last night in favor of Philadelphia. They entered the game as a slight. Moneyline underdog, minus 116 with you, Darvish and San Diego being the favored side at home, minus 102 for Zach Wheeler and the Phils. And that's where we start. Zach Wheeler was absolutely sensational yesterday. Seven innings of shutout work, striking out eight. The Padres only had two base runners through the first eight innings of the game, and it was the power of Philly on display as well. Bryce Harper, a solo shot in the fourth inning and a Kyle Schwerbaum like we have rarely seen, 488 feet in the bottom of the sixth off of Hugh Darvish in those two runs all Philadelphia needed. Only two base runners for San Diego in the first eight innings, but they had their opportunity in the bottom of the ninth. Two on, only one out for Manny Machado against the Phil's closer in Jose Alvarado, and he gets Machado to fly out. He strikes out Josh Bell in the next AB and Philly Leeds, 1-0 in the National League Championship Series. So where does everything stack up right now with just four teams remaining in this Major League Baseball postseason? We have seen some market movement, as was expected, entering game one of the CS in the NL, and as we rounded out the ALDS in game number five in the American League. The Astros remain the favorites to win the World Series, but a little bit of movement against them, more so because the movement with the three other teams remaining. The Padres move back. Now the longest price. The Phillies have the second-best odds to win a World Series championship, and the Yankees, that third-best number, but only 90 cents behind Houston. It's the Astros in the Yanks, game number one in Houston today. We break it down with Joe Ranieri up next.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: The opening game of the American League Championship Series tonight in Houston between two very familiar and often bitter foes, the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees, for the third time in the last six seasons in Major League Baseball, New York, Houston, an ALCS matchup. Helping us break that game down and game number two in San Diego this afternoon in the National League Championship Series, it is Joe Ranieri, the hardest working man on the grid, especially on Wednesdays. He was here on the early line earlier this morning with Donnie Wrightside, and he will be here later this evening while game number one between the Strohs and the Yanks is taking place on In Game Live. JR, thank you for joining us here for a couple of segments on this Wednesday on the morning after.
2: Always a pleasure, uh, Ben Stevens. I'm still counting down uh, college basketball, by the way. That's still the one thing we've got to get to here in a couple of weeks. So in the meantime, we can finish up the World Series.
1: Yeah, we've got sports <laughs> equinoxes coming our way, football on Thursday, yep. hockey on Thursday, baseball on Thursday, basketball on Thursday, and then we'll throw college basketball into the ring as well. The AP poll is out, North Carolina, the number one team in the country. We'll get to that, though, in just a couple of weeks. Game number one, Joe Ranieri, of the American League Championship Series tonight in Houston. The Astros and the Yankees for 145. Of the 162 Major League Baseball regular season games, Joe. Pretty much the entirety of the season. The odds said this would be the American League Championship Series. A clear distinction between these top two teams in the AL and the rest of the field. Well, here we go. And for game number one, Justin Verlander on the bump for the Strohs. They're a minus 210 favorite live right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Against Jamison Tyone. Getting the nod for Aaron Boone and the Yankees. A very quick turnaround, Jr for the Yanks game number five winner take all yesterday in the Bronx they fly tonight to Houston how much of an advantage is that for the Astros playing the Yankees on this short turnaround
2: what wait do do you hear that is 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 that a garbage can I hear banging I don't know what that (laughs) is Ben Stevens oh wait a minute yeah no no there won't be any garbage cans uh in this series here anymore will there and there won't be a whole lot of rest for this Yankees team uh, Ben you're spot on and it's a huge advantage because we have a situation here where uh, you know Dusty Baker has now been able to line up his starting pitchers ready to go it's been what four or five days now uh, since they had uh, since they last played the Yankees they're cracking open the Bud Light I don't even know like how is that why would you even bring that into the locker room of all things to celebrate with they should lose game one on just for that reason alone um but it's going to be a tough situation here but the way I look at it with the Yankees is you've got to figure out a way to win one of the next two games here Ben that's it get it to Cole in game three at home in the Bronx and we've got a new series you can't go back to New York down 2-0 Uh, You you know, at that point, we can almost consider it uh, a near impossible situation to go with. Having said that, hopefully tonight Verlander still got some neck issues from watching those balls whiz by his head uh, in the Mariner game there where he almost got decapitated a few times. Maybe just maybe there's some lasting effects there, but I don't know that I would count on that. But they got to figure out a way to win one here, Ben.
1: Verlander not good in his first start Mm -hmm. of this postseason game number one against the Seattle Mariners it was Jordan Alvarez and Alex Bregman that came back big for the Astros of course to power them past Seattle in that opening game and eventually sweeping that American League division series so Joe we look at the series odds right now as well the Astros a minus 210 favorite for this opening game tonight but minus 180 the series outright price the most likely outcome at least from a total games perspective is six but it's only a couple of cents of difference if this goes the distance to seven games in the American League Championship Series so Joe Ranieri you are now on the spot give me your ALCS series prediction between the Yankees and the Astros who wins and in how many games
2: well it's going to be and I think tonight's game is ridiculously important uh, that although I wouldn't bet the Yankees now plus 145 because let's say they do lose this right it's not over they've got one more game here in Houston with Valdez on the mound there uh going up against Severino and I like their opportunity in that game so I can get them at Ben we're talking about 250 275 somewhere in that ballpark they lose tonight Mm -hmm. against Verlander I'm kind of shocked Verlander is under a $2 favorite here when this uh, opened up because we've seen Verlander in this spot going up against a team's number three or four starter. We've seen him be, you know, way over $2 here as a favorite. But they're not, and they're not because I think it's a very interesting situation this postseason, Ben. So far this postseason, 46% of the runs scored via the home run. So just about half of the run scored in all of the postseason coming from the long ball. This is the best long ball hitting team, the Yankees. So they don't have to hit, you know, they don't need 14 hits like the Guardians to win a game. They need a couple of timely hits. We just watched it last night with the Phillies. They need a couple of big shots here, limited damage, and get a couple of big shots of their own. And they are in this. I'm holding off betting the Yankees until uh, game two. And if they happen to win it, so be it but uh if they lose the first two uh, we could be looking at a sweep if not five games
1: we're looking at that market change to say the least and that is what we Mm -hmm. saw in san diego between the padres and the phils philadelphia going on the road for the opening game in the national league championship series in stealing game number one they are now the heavy series favorites but for game number two today jr it's San Diego with Blake Snell on the bump against Aaron Nola and Philadelphia as a slight home favorite. So what is the approach here for game number two? Do you expect to see this as that bounce back opportunity for San Diego?
2: Well, they better hope. I, I, I think the Snell start over Musgrove is interesting uh, in this spot here, especially after Darvish was fantastic last night. He made one bad pitch. I don't even consider the Harper pitch bad because that was a fly ball even harper thought that was a pop-up to a left field somehow or another that ball traveled over uh and barely made it over the wall the schwarber one that was a bad pitch and schwarber crushed it although schwarber won for 20 in the postseason has got no business hitting a ball that hard uh but he did and yet here they are two solo home runs and a win today snell has got to avoid yeah. that right he's got to avoid the walks he's got to avoid the long ball here because wow uh the guy that the Padres are tasked in beating here is better than Wheeler um i mean yep. not many guys in fact he's only the second pitcher uh ben, ever to have over 230 strikeouts and less than 30 walks in a season he doesn't miss the zone he's not going to give you 3-1 opportunities at the at the plate where he's going to groove you a fastball you're, you're going to have to hit his pitch They are not the biggest home-run team, Ben. And judging from those stats that we just said, you know, nearly 50% of the runs via the long ball, that's not the – it wasn't the Guardians. It cost them. It ain't the Padres either. So they're in – this is a, to me, a do-or-die here. They either win this game and advance and give themselves a shot, or this series is over here, Ben, tonight if they go down 2-0.
1: It is a really big point, JR, and there is some value there because of it. And that's one of my favorite things in any postseason, the value changing based on one individual result. The Phil's now a minus 200 favorite to win the NLCS and the NL pennant, Mm. but they entered the series as the underdog. So, Joe, where do you think the value might now lie in the National League Championship Series?
2: Yeah, no, to me, I think that the Phillies are in control here, and uh, you're going to have a pretty good opportunity. I don't know that we're going to get any better value than what we had yesterday, but if they win here today, yeah, go for the 4-0, Ben. Uh, the sweep mm. could be in, uh, in in effect here. They can't out-hit the Phillies. That's the problem.
1: And the idea being, when you take two on the road, that's a very, very big start for the Phillies to sweep. That is a plus 500 number right now on FanDuel. We switch our attention to the NFL up next.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Week number seven of the NFL regular season begins tomorrow in the desert. Thursday night football between the Arizona Cardinals getting ready to go for week number seven. So, Joe, as we get ready for this next week in the NFL, yesterday, some news and notes around the league. Not far away from us here in New York City, a big owners meeting around the National Football League. And as we all follow the situation around Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Washington Commanders, Some important words yesterday from another owner, the Colts owner in Jim Ursay, saying after that meeting, quote, I believe there is merit to removing him as owner, specifically referring to Daniel Snyder. The reason this is important, Joe, it is the first time another of the 31 NFL owners has come out publicly and said that Daniel Snyder might be forced to sell his organization in the national football league. But although we have these words, Joe do you think anything will actually change? Will anything happen to force the sale of Snyder and sell the Washington Commanders?
2: There is nothing uh, better in this world, uh, Ben, than watching uh, 32 multi-billionaires quibble over uh, ownership and things that you, me, and the rest of the world can't uh, even come close to relating about Uh, And I love when a guy caught with, oh, I don't know, uh, prostitutes, uh, cocaine, Oxycontin uh, gets suspended. I love when he's throwing bombs out at other guys that are apparently, oh, he's no good for the league. Of course he's no good for the league. He hasn't been good for the league when you originally sold him the team to begin with. But the reality is... Ursae's not saying anything we all don't know. They know. But trying to remove a billionaire from his team who doesn't want to go, they tried doing this for a long time with a guy, what was his name? Oh, yeah, Al Davis. Uh, They tried for a long time getting him out of of, uh, his team as well, and it didn't work out. 24 of the 32 owners would have to vote in favor to remove an owner. That has never happened, Ben, in the history of League. Getting 24 of these billionaires to agree to remove another billionaire, yikes. It's gotta come from Daniel Schneider or it's probably not happening.
1: And you probably need some help from some of the biggest of those billionaires, a.k.a. AKA Jerry Jones, who reportedly got into a little bit of a scuffle or at least a war of words with Robert Kraft yesterday in the discussion of starting new contract negotiations with nfl commissioner roger goodell a lot on the table for the owners yesterday also for the idea that daniel snyder dug up dirt on the rest of the owners and the commission himself ursay said quote he can investigate me till the cows come home it's not going to back me off aka all of my dirty laundry is already made public as joe referenced daniel snyder did issue a statement yesterday a pr response virtually Pretty much debunking everything in that ESPN report of him hiring private investigators to dig up the dirt around the National Football League. So, this saga continues. Will anything actually change? As Joe mentioned, it is going to be a long and dirty road the rest of this way. So, we focus on week number seven. The team that Jim Ursay owns, the Indianapolis Colts, on the road, Joe, in Nashville taking on the Tennessee Titans it was Tennessee in week number four just a few weekends back that went on the road to Indy and got a win outright as an underdog they are now booked as the home favorites laying two and a half against the Colts a huge AFC South showdown JR do you expect anything to look too much different from what we saw week number four
2: Yeah, I I do, and and I think uh, what we saw from the Colts last week um, is a little bit more like it, right? I mean, we had to take into consideration all the wide receivers got hurt for Matt Ryan early. Um, Then, of course, the running back situation got worse, Though it does look like uh, um, he's going to have uh, most, if not all, of his primary weapons back and available, and they actually put together a really good offensive showing last week new coach uh new quarterback new system players it was always going to take a little time there for the colts to get it going and we had all said ben everybody loved the colts to win this division going away right only it hadn't lived up to that early but i think last week was the sign of things to come offensively for this team we know they can play defense uh and the defense is getting healthier but so is the offense having weapons now for matt ryan is key i do think um we're gonna get quite the uh reversal of what we saw a couple of weeks ago uh in this matchup here i do like indy uh to bounce back here and to get it done exact a little revenge
1: matt ryan joe threw the ball 58 times this past week mm-hmm. For the colts 58 times at home yep. against the jacksonville jaguars and right now indy booked as the favorite once again in the afc south plus 120 to the number on the colts plus 160 for the titans the second best price we continue to go around the national football league for week number seven the new york jets gouvernery a four and two football team all four of those victories outright as an underdog for the seventh straight game gang green booked as a dog once again but this a very short number only one and a half in favor of denver the broncos at home hosting the jets joe are you buying in to new york are the jets for real
2: yes the jets are for real and they're for real because they're actually coaching i can't believe it they're limiting the exposure of zach wilson they're not putting him in a spot where he can lose games like he has in the past. Mm. The defense is all over the board. They're all over the field. And oh yeah, uh, let us not forget here, um, that was a pretty big uh, pick there in uh, Brees Hall, was it not, uh, Ben? A guy that you and I loved in college, uh, who's actually delivering here as one of the best running backs in the league, all purpose-wise, on the ground or catching passes. Denver is a hot mess. They are trying to now justify the fact they spent $200 million on a lemon. Pete Carroll sold you a car that doesn't start, okay? I don't Mm. know what else to tell you. You can tell me every week it's a new ailment. Oh, it's his toe, it's his calf, it's it's got a hemorrhoid, he's got an itch, uh, it's a rash, I don't care what it is. He is not the same Russell Wilson you think he is. And oh, by the way, he's even worse on short rest, Ben. Two and eight uh, in Russell Wilson's career uh, and uh, on a short work week here. This ain't getting better. They're already laying out the excuses. This is a hot mess. The Jets will continue to roll, although most profitable bet in this game is the under, guys. Unders at mile high, 65% here um, going back over a decade. Under is the way to look.
1: Very profitable on the Denver Broncos this year as well. 39 and a half, a small total, but the Broncos under in five of their six games by an average of nearly 13 points per game, falling under, substantially under the book total. So, Joe, as we look at these four teams we just mentioned, the Colts, the Titans, even the Jets, and the Broncos all hovering around that playoff bubble here following six weeks of the NFL season. When you look at these four teams, Who do you have the most confidence in in being a playoff team this year?
2: Oh, listen, I think the Colts and the Titans are going to battle it out in that division that, let's face it, um, you know, Doug Peterson's never met a fourth down. He didn't like to go for or do something stupid with instead of helping his young quarterback. But I do think the Colts and uh, the Titans are two teams, I think, uh, based upon those odds, they are, are the ones I would go with. The Jets play in a conference with suddenly now, uh, what a shock. Stop me if you've heard this, Ben. A pretty well-coached and disciplined New England Patriots team. Um, yeah. they, the Jets play in the toughest division, bar none, I think, in yeah. the AFC right now. It ain't Denver. Uh, Denver is hot trash. The Chargers are this close to being hot trash, too, if they can't yeah. get healthier and figure some things out. So I think uh, the Colts and the Titans are two teams... They will battle it out. Um, one of them for sure who's going to win that division is going to make the playoffs. I do think Indy's going to turn this thing around before it's all said and done.
1: The weakness of the AFC South might be the benefit of both Indianapolis and Tennessee in yes. terms of postseason contention. It seemed like the Jags, Joe, might be there in the AFC South. Just two weeks ago, the favorites in the division eh, doesn't feel so good as of right now. But Jacksonville... A field goal favorite at home this Sunday against the five and one New York Giants and Brian Dayball. Joe, can the Giants go on the road and win again their sixth game this year?
2: Uh, Let me, guys. Let me explain to you here. Okay, buyer beware. The books are begging you to take the Giants. They are saying, please, 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 please. This is the most public. Of public dogs here, guys, this is exactly where you run the other way with Jacksonville. The books are leaving it out there saying, oh, wait a minute, what are you talking about, five and one Giants team? How are they a dog against, last time Jacksonville was a dog, they couldn't even score a touchdown against Houston. They're begging you to take the Giants. Do not fall for the public dog. It is the kiss of death. Jacksonville gets it done here this weekend at home.
1: Quickly here, Joe Ranieri, what about the Dirty Birds? Are the Atlanta Falcons a public dog as well? The only perfect team against the spread in the National Football League. 6-0 ATS, booked as an underdog in all six. They're getting six and a half on the road in Cincinnati. Too public for you again?
2: Oh, way too public. You and I both know that people are looking at this and going, Ooh, what is going on? Yeah, no. Um, I don't see it on the road I think it's a uh, bad spot for Atlanta Cincinnati will get it done and cover too public for my taste
1: the Atlanta Falcons tied for the top spot in the NFC South right now their odds to make the postseason still pretty long at plus 310 that price on the Giants though minus 190 strong there as well for big blue Joe Ranieri as always we appreciate your time go catch a nap and we'll see you tonight on in game live more of TMA up next They're still singing Rocky Top in Knoxville and they're still puffing victory cigars outside of Neyland Stadium. Welcome back to the morning after live right here on this Wednesday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. The SEC had itself a huge week seven Saturday. So what is the road ahead in the Southeastern Conference past the midway point of this college football season? Well, of course, we need the mouth in the south to help us dissect all of that. Mark Zinno is here on the morning after on this Wednesday. Zinno, quickly, what was your reaction to the scenes on Rocky Top from this past Saturday evening?
3: Well, listen, if there was ever a legitimate time to rush the field, that qualified is it. Uh, you know, top. Programming college football, I haven't beaten them in 15 years. I just didn't know that they took the goalposts to the river and actually put them in there. And then Tennessee yeah. had the gall to put up a GoFundMe account or whatever it was called to get the money back for it. Like, yeah, the school president's in the box smoking a cigar, going, "No worry, we'll pay for it. We're good. Everything's gonna be fine." Yeah. It's fantastic.
1: It was really good stuff. And by the way, the goalposts are back in Neyland Stadium <laughs> sure. for Tennessee's matchup against UT Martin this upcoming Saturday. So we're gonna dive through the SEC big picture. And what we will see here week number eight on this Saturday slate with the mouth in the South, Mark Zinno's SEC Picks. So Zinno, my friend, let's start with the refreshed SEC championship odds because we have seen a movement based on the Volunteers upset of Alabama on Saturday. Georgia remains the favorite to win the SEC title, even money plus 100 but here's the interesting point that i bring up here alabama plus 145 still the second best price and less than a half dollar behind the dogs tennessee despite the win over alabama's in is plus 650 because of the path to a conference championship alabama still has the shortest number from the west division tennessee is behind georgia both of those teams play in the east so despite what we saw On Rocky Top this past Saturday, Zeno, do you think it's realistic to consider Tennessee might not even play in the SEC championship game?
3: Of course. I mean, I keep telling people Tennessee is going to get got, right, because of their pass defense. Inevitably, what is going to happen is their offense won't be crisp one day. It's not going to be as sharp. They may take a team too lightly. And because their pass defense can't stop a nosebleed, They are going to end up being stuck in a game that's a lot closer than it should be and ultimately end up losing that game. And at the end of the day, when you face a team like a Georgia, or even if they do get to the college football playoff like a Michigan that can ground and pound and and wear you down over the course of four quarters and not get your offense on the field all that much, um, they're going to end up getting beaten somewhere along the line, most likely to Georgia and as you said won't be in the SEC yep. title game. But I'll warn everybody, because I, I was on this program a year ago at this point in time, Ben, pounding my chest that Alabama's in trouble, that their offensive line isn't any good, that, that Bryce Young's getting sacked all over the place. Look out, and lo and behold, they're in the college football playoff anyway because we've all seen this story before on the overreaction on Alabama losing a game and typically what happens after it. So before I go down that road again, we'll just pump the brakes on Alabama's done and the dynasty is over. Talk.
1: Well, we have seen that story before. In fact, last year, Alabama, won loss in the regular season to Texas A&M. They went out the rest of the way, although shaky at times, late in their SEC schedule. They get to the SEC championship game, booked as an underdog against unbeaten Georgia. The tide pulls the upset. Alabama, the number one seed in the college football playoff, and Georgia makes it as well. So, you know, there is some discussion right now. In the college football realm, there is a realistic opportunity to see all three of these teams, Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee, in the college football playoff. Three of the six shortest odds right now, in fact, for those three SEC schools to win a college football playoff national championship. So Zinno, if it is possible, and let's go to that realm just for a second. If it is possible, what is the path that would allow... Three teams from the SEC in the CFP.
3: The only possible path is that Tennessee beats Georgia and gives Georgia a loss. And then Alabama beats Tennessee uh, and gives them their only loss. So in other words, all three teams Mm -hmm. would have a loss to another top five team. Alabama would have lost to Tennessee. Georgia would have lost to Tennessee. Tennessee would have lost to Alabama in the SEC title game in a revenge match. That probably would leave Georgia on the outside looking in, to be honest with you. But it'd be hard-pressed to say that Georgia didn't have a shot to be there, especially if they lose a close game at home to the Tennessee Volunteers. But I think that's the only way that you could see that. We won't get that, Ben. There's just too much cannibalization going on. But it is a fun game to play, I won't lie.
1: Right, it is a fun game, and there's tons still up in the air within the actual SEC, not to mention what would have to happen around the rest of the country for that to even be plausible. You would need a two-loss Big 12 champion, a two-loss Pac-12 champion. You probably need a couple of losses in the ACC or the Big 10. So much would have to fall in favor for three SEC teams. I look at it as such. Alabama runs the table the rest of the way. They get to the SEC championship. Georgia beats tennessee the first saturday in november and they're favored by ten and a half to do so right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook. and then georgia gets upset by alabama again in the sec championship game you have one lost teams all losing to one another but we'll see how that all plays out let's focus on what we actually know now Zeno, you know and that will be week number eight of this sec slate and the response we expect from alabama on saturday night in tuscaloosa the tide host Mississippi State and right now the odds indicate that bounce back spot 21 is the spread in favor of Alabama so Zeno, what do you expect that resolve to be of Nick Saban and the tide against the Bulldogs this weekend
3: well if the pass is any indicator Alabama typically responds well After a loss, they have three regular season losses since 2019. The following game, they all won by at least 19 points. They averaged over 40 points per per game in those games and gave up just 10 and a half points per game. In fact, two of those three losses were the week prior to playing Mississippi State. They then went out and averaged beating the Bulldogs by 35 points a game. Not only that, they beat the Bulldogs by a combined score of 128 to 16 over the last three years. Mike Leach, a head coach of Mississippi State, Will Rogers, the quarterback, have never beaten Nick Saban in Alabama. And for all his passing accolades, Will Rogers hasn't even thrown a touchdown pass against Alabama. However, this isn't the same Alabama team. They gave up 17 penalties last week. Ben, in their last three national championship years, Alabama averaged 4.9 penalties per game. This year, they're averaging 9.4. That's nearly double. There are 100 things in the world I would have rather have been than an Alabama football player this week working with Nick Saban. I would have rather been awake for a colonoscopy than been an Alabama football player this week. I think Saban gets it fixed. I think he certainly tightens it up, and Mississippi State could be in for a very long afternoon in Tuscaloosa. I know it's crazy, but I'm going to lay the 21 here with Bama.
1: Awake for a colonoscopy, but I would ha- I would have to agree. Practice this week in Tuscaloosa – must have been absolutely miserable. Think of the scene from Miracle where Herb Brooks is just blowing the whistle and yelling again, again, and again, while Team USA skates and skates and skates. Picture that, but on turf in gassers being run by the Alabama Crimson Tide. 66 penalties in total this year for Bama. They are the most penalized team at the FBS level in college football words i never thought i would say about a nick saban coached football team but that is where alabama is at the moment but you saw it in the odds you still see it in their ranking alabama although it feels like chaos has come to cfb alabama will have the last laugh and a last word to say about where they will be at the end of this season so let's focus on another great game here. you know in the sec in death valley down in the bayou between the lsu tigers in the Ole Miss running reps. Here's the thing about Ole Miss. They're perfect, they're unbeaten. They're one of the nine remaining undefeated teams at the FBS level in college football and ranked seventh in the country in Zeno. They're the road underdogs. Yes, it's a very short spread. It's only a point and a half, but Mark, I ask you, is the right side favored in this matchup between Ole Miss and LSU? I don't
3: think so. I mean, look, Ole Miss is top 15 in the nation in yards per game and yards per play. They're third in the nation in third-down conversion rate at 56.8%, and their offense has only allowed two sacks all year long. However, they're 129th in the nation in time of possession. What does that mean? Well, scoring 41 points a game means they score fast and they score often, right? Here's the real problem with Old Miss. Well, two real problems. One, that they sort of have these lapses in games where they allow the other team to dominate. Just go back the past two yep. weeks. They trailed Vanderbilt 20-10. to 10. They let a 21-0 lead to Auburn turn into a 28-24 game in the third quarter. So they have these stretches where they don't score and their defense doesn't play well, and they allow a team to hang around that probably shouldn't be hanging around with them. Also, Old Miss hasn't really played anybody yet. This is a very backloaded schedule for the Rebs. They haven't been challenged, and despite a low-scoring, one-score game to Kentucky, which you could have argued that they probably should have lost due to multiple fumbles by Will Levis within the final five minutes of the game, cost Kentucky at least a shot at a tie. You know, this yep. is an, uh, an old Miss team, rather, that hasn't really been tested. Now, LSU's offense centers around one dude, quarterback Jaden Daniels, that's it. Leads the team in passing, obviously leads the team in rushing. He's also been sacked more than any other quarterback in the SEC at 21 times this year, which again is problematic because Ole Miss is second in the conference in sacks with 19 on the season. LSU also struggled against their two other big opponents this year, a loss to Florida State in the opener, and then getting blown out at home against Tennessee. This feels like a game, Ben, where the team that has the ball last wins with a short enough spread. I'll back the dog here for a little mini upset uh, with Ole Miss being able to control this game longer and further than LSU.
1: That's one of the best things about college football. The seventh ranked team in the country goes on the road to an unranked team in LSU and is booked as the underdog and it's seen as an upset through the odds, but certainly would not be based on rankings. Ole Miss is the third best rushing offense in the country, running the football for more than 270 yards per game on the ground. LSU allows more than a buck 45. That could be a key matchup advantage for the running rebs this weekend. So you know, as we look, at the SEC championship odds Ole Miss has the fourth best price but it's 19 to 1 a very far drop off after the big three we discussed earlier Ole Miss plays Alabama in the middle of November that game will be at the Grove in Oxford there is an idea that Ole Miss does also control its own destiny can anybody in the SEC West challenge the tide and keep Nick Saban and company from another appearance in the SEC championship game
3: I mean Obviously, it's only Ole Miss just because they have a chance to go beat them straight up and, you know, de facto put a, put a stake in the heart of Alabama by giving them two losses, something they haven't had in a season uh, other than 2020 uh, in quite some time where they took two losses there and ended up against Michigan in the Outback Bowl. But beyond that, I mean, this is an Ole Miss team that actually, despite all of their kind of changes in personnel – might have just the right scheme and the right coach to take out Nick Saban and Alabama. They would have to learn to control the ball a little bit longer, though. Like I said earlier, they have such quick strike ability. Third to last in the country in time of possession, yet averaging 41 points per game. You don't want to give Alabama that many chances to have the ball. And plus, you're still going to have to deal with stopping Alabama and the run game and Jameer Gibbs, which is not an easy contest, which I think Alabama actually yeah. should lean into against uh mississippi state and just run jameer gibbs down their throats but it's going to be a great finish to the sec regular season excited
1: for it it always feels like we get a little bit more hectic when a team like alabama loses and the tide already has one loss mark Zeno, the mouth in the south as always we appreciate your time you the best man. thank you we round out our number one of the morning after on this wednesday up next here live on sports round out our number one the morning after live right here on this Wednesday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159 it is the home for Sports Grid radio on Sirius XM all across the Sports Grid network I am Ben Stevens postseason baseball continues today a doubleheader now in the championship series in the ALCS the nightcap tonight in Houston the Astros hosting the Yankees for the third time in six years those two clubs meeting up in the American League Championship Series. It is game number two in San Diego today between the Padres and the Phillies. A much shorter distinction on that money line between the Padres and the Phils for game number two today. So here we are, four teams remaining in the CSs around Major League Baseball. Which two advance to the World Series? That's what we asked you in Fade the Public. So the Phillies have a one-game-to-nothing advantage. It is game number one, the opening contest in the ALCS between the Astros and the Yankees today with Houston a minus 180 outright favorite to win the American League pennant. So will it be the Astros and the Phillies, the Astros and the Padres, the Yankees and the Phillies, or the Yankees and the Padres? Right now, a lot of faith still in those Phillies but not so much that big of a distinction between the two teams out of the American League. The Astros and the Phillies are the most selected outcome in this fade the public poll at SportsGrid TV, 39%. But 36% between the Yankees and the Phillies. So the Phillies are up one game to nothing. I understand the public thought here in terms of thinking Philadelphia already stealing one on the road is in the driver's seat to win the National League pennant. I will caution... However, despite the Phillies being a hefty favorite in the series outright price now, the expectation, the most likely outcome, is for this series to go the distance. And we're not so much sure what's going to happen in the Yankees and the Astros series. The third time in the last six years, Houston taking the first two of those American League pennant showdowns. Our number two of the morning after live on this Wednesday is up next. Following a Sports Grid news update from Alistair.